It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and, you know, I, I tell you, it's, it's Wednesday, and just like I always say, sometimes it takes a couple of days to completely recover from, especially this long weekend that we just had, and uh, I am energetic. Michelle, she's kind of energetic. She's under the weather a little bit, but uh, she's a champion. She's a champion, and she's she's here. And Noah, how have your day been, my great producer? Halfway through the week, man, and it's been a good day. The weather is nice and sunny out here. Which you're back. I know you're at your Temecula studios, but it's uh, going good today. Man, it's going good. And Michelle, what about you? My day is going good. Um, yes, I am a champion. I um. I'm excited about today's show, and we got a great guest, and today has been a really good day. No, we got one of my, my, my buddies here, you know, former military guy that's doing a lot of great things. And before you bring him on, just want to thank him. I always, it's a huge honor to always talk to people in the military or former veterans, so thank him for his service right off the bat. Man, uh, this guy's great, man. I, I'm a big uh, fan of uh, all the work that he does. And today we're going to talk about trauma recovery process with the effects of PTSD. And uh, Noah, I, I told you that uh, I spent 23 years in, in the Navy. And anybody that spent any uh, time, I'm talking about, uh, I mean, in the war zone, or I mean, if you spent 20 something years, uh, or you could have spent one one week. Uh, sometimes we experience trauma. And, um, yeah, you and I have talked about that off the air. It definitely, it affects your mentality and, and it's something that I think the more we talk about it and and engage with it, and it's, uh, it's helpful to everybody that's been through that. And, you know, our guest today, his name is Mark Manneke. Uh, he is such a wonderful guy. Uh, and, uh, I mean, so knowledgeable and, you know, he's coming to us from Canada, Right now, you know, and you know, I'm a little jealous because he get an opportunity to go hiking up the mountain, fishing, and doing. I mean, he could do it every day if he wanted to. You know, that's so, not a bad way to live. Uh, you know, so I, I think I, I mispronounced Monarchy, Monarchy. You know, so uh, uh, he probably gonna correct me when we bring him on. But uh, a fantastic guy, and uh, I'm, I'm just every time he's he's on the show, and I've been on his show. He has a podcast and radio show as well. And so I've been on his show. I think this is our fourth. Mark, is this our fourth time hooking up? You know, if he has a show, JC, just uh, randomly, I wonder if he knows Rob Lucy. Uh, I can't hear him. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I think his volume is down. Well, right I now. turned him down. I didn't know you were ready for me. <laughs> you know, so, hey, hey, Mark, can you hear us? I sure can. Oh, yeah. Do, uh, do you know Rob Lucy uh, over in, in Canada? Uh, He's been on the show a couple of times. A great guy. I have not met him. I haven't heard of him yet. <laughs> I tell you, we'll talk about him later, but um, I, I want to get this show started, Noah. You know, I want to get it started. And uh, I tell you what, Michelle, uh, before before you uh, tell our listening audience about the purpose, let's get them an opportunity to know the call-in number. If you want to be part of the show, one 888 Again, call one 888 And uh, we streaming all over America, all over internationally. one 888 Ask this great guy any questions that you want to. Michelle, can you tell our listening audience uh, the purpose of today's show? Yes, the purpose of today's show is getting to know Mark Meinke and the work and the programs he's involved in, learn about PTSD and the recovery process involved, and to learn about Operation Tango Romeo, and learn about the problems that plague military veterans and how we can help them. Can you introduce this great man again? 
<laughs> to our listening audience. Yes. Mark Meinke is a Canadian infantry veteran and the creator of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. Operation Tango Romeo is on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Those wounded with PTS injuries are often disconnected from society and even from their own lives. With this disconnection comes pain, loneliness, depression, and anger. All too often, the sense of disconnection results in reduced ability to create an income, homelessness, and even suicide. Operation Tango Romeo is an easily accessible lifeline for the wounded to reconnect. By reconnecting, the listeners know that they are not alone. This connection creates a sense of hope that recovery is possible and the content of Operation Tangle Radio provides the path to recovery. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Mark Meinke. Hey, Mark. How you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. You know, you always you so welcome. You know, and uh, man, it's a, it's a pleasure always seeing and chatting with you. I can see you. The listening audience can't see you right now, but uh, we can. Mark, I, I know Michelle just uh, introduced you, but can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about you and uh, some of the things that uh, you do? Well, thanks for that. And thanks for the great intro, Michelle. That was awesome. I had to look behind me to see who you were talking about. But, um, <laughs> Tango Romeo... How it came to be is um, I went undiagnosed with PTSD for well over 20 years. So I was in a war in 1994 as a United Nations peacekeeper, was injured there. Should have, if we had any education on the topic back then, it would have been glaringly obvious that I was, in fact, injured then. Uh, I was not right. and But uh, I didn't know any better, and nobody around me knew any better. So... Uh, went on with my train wreck of a life after that. And well over 20 years, um, I was in my second marriage, and after I had just finished screaming at my youngest kid and realized that I was um, a jerk <laughs> and I was hurting my kid because I couldn't, um, uh, couldn't uh, keep a grip on, on what was going on. So I uh, finally decided to reach out for help with uh, the encouragement of my, of my wife. And that's what started everything. Um, a couple of months into the healing process, I was invited out to, um, invited out to, uh, to a peer support group. And that changed everything. And I didn't even want to go either. I didn't want to go to uh, any peer support group. I thought, uh, you know, what's this? We're going to hold hands and sing Kumbaya kind of thing. But it changed everything. Um, going to a peer support group is where I realized, oh my gosh, I really am injured, and here's all these other people with very similar stories to me. And um, that's when I, I knew I really wasn't alone. And the journey started from there. Wow. You know, uh, a lot of times, I mean, even in the middle of here, especially when I was getting ready to retire and get out, and you meet with all these doctors, and they tell you certain things, and and that you don't, you might not be aware of. And a lot of time we turn our back and we don't listen. Uh, but um, uh, if we listen to a lot of these things, and we get an understanding, and uh, we know what type of problems that we might have, and then we seek out for help. And I think that's what you just said, right, Mark? Well, that's it. Uh, the the negative feedback loop that happens with uh, uh, post-traumatic stress injuries is that you you aren't great in the world of self-awareness, which people get pretty cranky when you, you try to tell them that they, they have low self-awareness. They get defensive about it, but uh, it, it's true. Um, when you have a PTS injury, you really have low self-awareness. You, you often don't realize that you are the problem or that you have any kind of a problem at all. So a big, big part of the healing process is learning that self-awareness. That's, again, where the peer support group can be super helpful. Because when you hear your story in somebody else, then you 
then you are able to see yourself more clearly. And that's also uh, a big chunk of what therapy is supposed to do, to, to give you a more uh, accurate way of looking at things and, and give you more introspective insight into yourself and who you are and, and what's going on with you. That insight creates that self-awareness, that mindfulness. And from that place, you're starting to realize, oh, this is what I'm feeling in my body right now. So this is what anxiety is, or this is what anger is. And then it gives you that moment to pause and go, okay, hang on. I recognize. I know what's going on. Now, why is this happening? And uh, what, what's my plan to work around? Wow. You know, I tell you, hey, Mark, we're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back. And I want to talk about post-traumatic syndrome. You call it post-traumatic illness. And then also talk about uh, your coaching program. And so uh, we'll be back with Mark Mannequin. It's your life, Mannequin. James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on smart speakers and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I got a very good friend of mine, uh, Mark Mikey. And, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, the effects of PTSD, or uh, he called it PTSI. And, uh, you know, I, this guy doing some wonderful things. So, first of all, Mark, uh, and I listen to the audience, you will be part of this conversation. What's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy? Mark, can you uh, kind of explain the difference between PTSD and PTSI? And, and also... Can you uh, kind of explain to our listening audience a little bit about your coaching program that you are building? Sure. Well, the uh, the two terms, PTSD or PTSI, they're they're interchangeable. Just that uh, PTSI is a bit more accurate. So um, it is an injury more than it is a disorder. The the word disorder seems to add to the stigma. So. Uh, People don't want to say, hey, I have a disorder. It's uh, a little bit tough, but an injury, hey, you broke your arm, you broke your leg, no big deal. Um, so an injury, it sounds better, but it's actually more accurate because what uh, a, a PTS injury is, and it's different than, um, than a reaction to other traumas, uh, post-traumatic stress injury happens when there is a information overload, uh, usually extreme 
hear a, um, I'm sorry, I'm hearing feedback here in my own voice coming back to me. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, it was just throwing me off. But um, so a PTS injury happens when there's um, like a near-death experience. When I was in Yugoslavia, I had several uh, of these near-death experiences that just, including hitting a tripwire. So I'm the only guy I know that ever hit a tripwire and didn't go boom. So it was my lucky day, to say the least, when that happened. But when it happened, I was certain that that was my last moment in life. So we're talking about incredible intensity. And when that type of intensity happens where you really feel like uh, this is it, uh, one of those extreme situations, that is uh, when the throttle can get stuck on full. And if the throttle gets stuck on full, that is a PTS injury. So uh, any sort of near death, and it's just because there's so many endorphins, there's so much um, going on all at the same time, and that fight-or-flight resp response gets stuck. It gets stuck on full throttle. So after, uh, there's things like hypervigilance, where um, you're just aware of everything that's going on, and you're always uh, checking your checking behind you and around you and uh, looking for threats, threat assessment, threat assessment, threat assessment, over and over again. That's the hypervigilance part, and it's one of the... Um, uh, symptoms of a PTS injury. And of course, stress, anxiety, exhaustion. I used to uh, get hit about two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and all of a sudden, like, whoa, I got to lay down. And I had to lay down. It wasn't optional. There was no, uh, no way around it. It had to be done. And uh, the reason, and of course, I didn't know until years later, is because I'm such in such a state of massive hyper alertness that I was that's why I was exhausted, because my senses were on overload all the time. Wow. Mark, what are some things that most people do not know about when it comes to recovery? And also, what's the biggest barrier to recovery? That's a great question, Michelle. Um, people don't know how hard it is, um, and, and that it's a lifelong struggle in, in most cases. So what generally happens is people get into the system, they, they reach out for help, and uh, one or two of two things often happen. They go, this is way more invasive and way tougher and way more uncomfortable than I ever imagined possible. So they find an excuse and they pop out of the system and they never come back. And um, those people never fare well. Uh, and then there's another type that comes in and goes, whoa, this is a lot more work than I expected. It's a lot tougher than I expected. But um, they get to a certain point where they plateau and they think, oh, I'm good now. I'm fine. And then they pop out of the system, not realizing that uh, you're only fine while you're doing the work. You know, there there is no redundancy. And that's, that's tough for a lot of people because they just, give me the magic pill, just fix it. It's broken, fix it. It's a flat tire, fix it. And that is not how it works with uh, post-traumatic stress injury. Uh, you say it, it actually can't be. And there's a lot of, most clinicians are of that school of thought where you just learn better and better skills of, of dealing with the symptoms. Now that's a little defeatist from my point of view and from all the uh, shows that I've had on, I just did episode number 126 this morning. And I, I and more hopeful than that. There's uh, some very, very helpful um, treatments now that have never really been very available before, such as ketamine and other psychedelics. And that is showing real progress and, and real hope for actual healing, so actually being fixed so that uh, the, the systems just aren't there anymore. Mark, how do you know when you're on the path to healing well, some of the signposts for when people are actually making progress, one and, and the biggest one that I alluded to earlier was it's the idea that you are more aware of what, of who and what you are. So it's that self-awareness, that mindfulness. So when there's a panic attack coming, you, you can feel it. Not everybody has them. You know, uh, but unfortunately, I, I have the odd one, and they're, they're not a lot of fun. But when it's happening, I now know how to recognize it. 
Um, an example would be, and it's not even um, a panic attack level, but my, my wife and I were out uh, golfing a couple of weeks ago, and I was a little bit chippy, and not golf chippy, not a play on words, I was actually getting, I was a little bit short-tempered. Um, because of the work I've done, I was able to realize that in myself. And then I did something that is really helpful that I call feeling out loud. So as soon as I recognized that I was being a bit um, uh, anxious, I would tell my wife, honey, I'm at like an eight or a nine right now, and I'm sorry, I don't know why. So the fact that I was able to feel out loud, then that is a flag for her that, oh, okay, that's what's going on. And I, we were able to circle back to the conversation later. So actually, it's because of a lot of uh, experiences that I've had in the environment, negative, uh, uh, great for the self-esteem, and I think that's uh, uh, where I'm at. Plus, uh, some other large uh, events that have been going on in my life. Like, but we were able to talk it out because my level of self-awareness was enough that I could feel out loud and, and in real time tell my wife what's going on with me so that she didn't have to be a mind so that's, that's definitely the, one of the bigger signposts. The next is the, um, the realization of, oh, I don't got this. I, I, I need help. That's probably the first one, actually. And when somebody gets to the point of, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm not handling this. I actually do need help. I do need tools, and I do need to learn. That's probably um, the, the primary starting point. Because if you don't get to that, uh, a point, everything else is, is just not great. <laughs> it's, you can't really move forward if you haven't accepted that you do, in fact, need help. You don't um, wrap your arms around that help and, and take it seriously. You haven't gone to the point where you realize you really need it. Hey, Mark, producer Noah here. First off, thank you so much for your service. I greatly appreciate what you've, uh, what you've done. Um, but how, personally speaking now, how did you first know that there was an issue that you needed to address? What was the first sign for you personally? Well, you know what? There was breadcrumbs and uh, sometimes entire loaves of bread along the way. But um, it, was, it was, there was different levels. Like I knew halfway through the tour that there was something wrong. After the, a couple of major events that happened, I did a tripwire, a carryover, almost went over a bridge, and I also seen some carnage that uh, no human should ever have to witness. And when I came home to Canada for my leave for a couple of weeks before I went back into the war zone, which is a really bad idea, by the way, um, but uh, I had a, a total meltdown screaming at my um, sister and my girlfriend at the time because uh, I felt that they were nitpicking at me. And at the time, I was like, oh, what was that about? That was... That was a bit much. And a couple of other anger blowouts that I had uh, while on tour, on, in the, in the uh, last half of that tour. There were a couple of um, times where I simply couldn't control my temper or my anxiety. And I knew something was wrong, and that wasn't quite right. But I didn't see it as a problem. I saw everybody else is uh, having, you know, is having a problem because they should just, just get over it. Just don't worry about it. And, um, but there's always that nagging little sensation of, ah, I'm not sure that I trust myself. And then a few years later, uh, I had a job where I was writing tickets for people and I was in the middle of college for police. And, um, so I was on this career path, path for, for police. And because of a couple of interactions I had just right from parking tickets, um, when somebody was aggressive towards me and getting in my face, uh, I did not trust myself to not hurt myself at all. And uh, infantry training is not overly conducive to police training. Infantry, your job is to kill. That's your job. And it's absolutely not supposed to be your job as a cop. Um, it's only to, to defend. So I was on overdrive while people were, were getting in my face. My, uh, I did not crush my reaction with that, so I decided to not go into policing. So that, you know, that was one of the loaves of bread instead of a of just a breadcrumb. Where I'm like, uh, I don't trust myself. I don't think I should do this uh, career. I got to do something else. Wow, you know, you know what, Mark? We're gonna to to take a station break, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna come back and we're gonna finish uh, this 
topic that you're talking about right now, and then we are going to still get off into other heavy topics with Mark Monarchy. It's your life from James Cohen. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. It's the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I tell you, we got Mark Monarchy. Monarchy is uh, you know, telling us uh, the effects of uh, PTSD and, and a lot of the things associated with that one. But he's also doing a lot of great things because uh, if a member uh, of the military or a former member of the military uh, is diagnosed with PTSD or PTSI, this is also affect the family as well. I mean, and uh, I mean, so everybody had to work on this one. And, um, Mark, uh, can can you tell uh, listen audience a little bit uh, uh, how that affect the family and what what the what your recommendation that they do? Well, again, it comes back to mindfulness once once again, um, because if you don't know what's going on with yourself, how is your family supposed to know? So once the uh, the person who has the injury uh, has a level of of mindfulness, the family have to be looped in. So uh, therapy should be a group thing. Uh, as well uh, as an individual thing. And it's so important for the family to not be forgotten because they often are. Uh, so there's all kinds of um, uh, different resources. And it's usually, unfortunately, they're private resources or private charities. Uh, the official government-run veterans organizations don't often have a whole lot. In Canada, that's getting better. Uh, we have a military family resource center that has family events, which is good. But the conversation has to be with the whole family because if somebody is having a problem with um, anxiety or anger or extreme fatigue, any of the uh, main symptoms, um, that is really tough on any relationship. But it's uh, particularly tough on family relationships for sure. So, And that's why the title of the show, Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast, is for veterans, first responders, and their families. So I, I bring them into the loop as well. And there's a lot of family members, uh, sons, daughters, uh, and spouses, that 
listen to the show specifically to learn more about uh, their their family member and how to deal with them in a, in a better way and how to support them in a better way. Mark, um, you mentioned Operation Tango Romeo. Can you kind of give us a backstory of how we got started, the current reach of the show, and what is the goal for the show? Well, the mission is to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible. And the vision is of a world where the path to recovery is clear. The genesis of the show, how it started, was from that peer support group that I mentioned earlier on. From that peer support group, it um, uh, it, it just grew. And but there was one of the guys there that was a South Africa veteran, actually. And he did not have access to the same resources that we did. So what we um, I thought, well, geez, you know, if you don't have access to the same resources and he's asking about how to share it with his family, um, I thought I already got the gear from another show that I used to have. Uh, so I, I started Operation Tango Romeo for, for him in particular. But it didn't take long, and, I, and it started to grow and grow, and I get more and more feedback. And the two-year anniversary is, uh, like, so we're still a young show. Uh, the two-year anniversary is going to be August 12th this year, and we're already in um, 50 countries or 51 different countries around the world, and um, the, the bulk of the, of the audience is about 63% is in Canada, about 25% is in the United States, uh, 3% in the United Kingdom, and the rest is scattered throughout the globe. That is awesome, Mark. That That's truly incredible. And I, I think I know the surface level answer to the question I'm going to ask, but what is the overall goal of the show? What do you hope to accomplish on a deeper level? Well, that was the mission statement. It's, it's, it, it's just making access to help easier, easily accessible because there is such... I just didn't know if there was anything else beyond that. Well, it's, it's such big gaps in care. Um, and that's also one of the reasons that the show started up. When I first reached out for help, uh, there was a 10-month waiting list, so they had to fill that gap. It took me 10 months before I actually physically saw a therapist, and that's a big problem because uh, we don't like asking for help in the first place. So when we do ask for help, uh, it better be there. That 10 months is a very precarious perch, and you hear these stories of people committing suicide in the VA parking lots, and the same thing is happening up in Canada. Out of frustration, it's sort of a, a protest thing. It's like, I came to you for help, what, and you were not there, and they're taking their lives as a result. Um, so this is a gap, for, uh, gap filler for that, and people have got a hold of me telling me that's exactly how they've been using the show. Because uh, on their own time, when they can, this resource is right here, right now. And it's also to, to find the best resources in real time available. The system is broken in both uh, the United States and in Canada. And I think it was built broken uh, right from uh, trauma training with, with uh, the psychologists and psychiatrists. Um, just the, the whole thing. People do not understand uh, what, what needs to be done. And they're not doing it. Um, so some of the guests that I've had on recently, um, like, uh, the, the better brain is a new book that just came out from, uh, Bonnie Kaplan and it talks about nutrition and, and what types of nutrition drastically help reduce the symptoms. And they're not talking about that. It, that there's, even though it's, it's right there and you don't need uh, a pill, here's the nutrition that you need and here's the efficacy of that. And here's the two or 300 studies that have been published proving it. Like it's not woo-woo, it's science. And uh, so on the show, I find stuff like this or the ketamine treatments or other things that uh, the, the government official agencies just don't talk about. I, I, I source it and I talk about it to bring it to the community. Are there any new breakthroughs maybe that you've discovered on the show through one of your guests? Uh, that are happening with PTS recovery that might someone might not know about that's listening to the show right now? Well, the two that I just mentioned, and also the efficacy of peer support, it's, um, it's treated as, as something that is uh, sort of a nice to have, but it really is a need to have. Some of the world experts that I've had on uh, talk about peer support as being the single most important thing that a person can do in their recovery, if it's done right. It's a very... Um, 
precarious perch because if you do it wrong, then you can create what's called sanctuary trauma. Sanctuary trauma is what happens when you, co- you go somewhere for help, for some uh, support, and they actually make it worse instead of better by doing or saying the wrong thing. And that is really tough to stomach. Um, and then, again, the psychedelics, that world I've explored uh, on several different episodes, most recently on episode 113, because uh, there's ketamine clinics opening up in my home city here in Calgary, uh, which is a, uh, can be used as a psychedelic, and it has wonderfully proven efficacy. So uh, psychedelics, nutrition, peer support are uh, three of the big ones. Wow. <laughs> you know, hey, uh, Mark. Now, people often talk about uh, that they need to be forgive or forgiveness as being necessary for healing. What are your thoughts and do do people need to uh, forgive in order to heal? I believe so. And it's 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 a hot topic, too, uh, on social media. People um, there's a couple of rather large personalities that are absolutely adamant that healing isn't necessary to heal, but I strongly disagree. Uh, to me, uh, one of the signposts of being on the path to recovery is the ability to to forgive. And the biggest barrier to that is that people misunderstand what forgiveness means. Forgiveness is not letting somebody off the hook. That's not what it is. It's not condoning. It's not saying um, what you did is okay. It's just saying that I'm going to take my power back and not give you my power. When you're holding anger and bitterness and resentment towards somebody, you have given them all of your power. So take your power back. Forgive them. It's the only way to let go of them is to forgive them. If you don't forgive them, it's a punishment that you're giving yourself. Because that negativity doesn't uh, affect the person that you're angry at. Being angry at them doesn't punish them. It only punishes yourself. So, yes, to, to me, uh, learning that forgiveness is not letting somebody off the hook. It's letting yourself off the hook. Getting to that point of emotional maturity is really, really important for you to, to move forward. Because if you're hanging on to that bitterness, it's just so difficult to be healthy. You know, Mark, uh, I, all the great things that uh, you've been doing over the last uh, almost two years now, how did uh, COVID affect you getting your message out to and, and maintaining the positive uh, influence and and helping folks uh, during that time frame? Well, there were pros and cons to it. Um, the cons were we weren't having the in-person peer support groups anymore, which was a bummer. Uh, but the, con- the, the the pros, though, so that was a con. The, the, the pros were that on the um, online Zoom meetings, the size of the group more than doubled or tripled because it was easier to get there. And that's, that's a good thing. I mean, the in-person is still important, but if people are driving across town and everything else, I mean, we had people driving two or three hours because uh, that's how important that peer support group was to them. They would drive two or three hours just to be there once every two weeks. And that says a lot about, um, uh, peer support being a life raft when done correctly. So we we kind of found the, that doing peer support through the um, uh, Zoom calls, it, it let people from around the world participate, and it just made it so much easier to for people to attend regularly. So that was a pro. Just And another con was just it was an extra brick in the rucksack. I mean, life is tough anyway. Life with PTSD is tough. But you throw the COVID on top of it, and it was uh, it was a lot of extra burden. Wow, I, I, I bet it. But Mark, you know we're gonna take a station break, but we're gonna come back and continue to talk about this great topic because uh, everybody needs to know about this, whether you're in the military or not. So, it's your life. I'm James Cody. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. 
We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, if you want to be part of this great conversation that uh, Mark Mikey is uh, talking about, PTSD and a lot of the things that uh, the effects of it and 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 uh, also just understanding uh, what it is and the programs that he is doing, doing some great things to help identify this and help provide the services and the knowledge uh, that you might need to understand uh, that just because you've been diagnosed with PTSD or PTSI doesn't necessarily mean you're crazy. You're not. Uh, it's an illness, just like he said. And uh, there are ways to, to combat that. And Noah, just like I was talking to you or uh, during the break, uh, you know, uh, uh, sometimes uh, we it's, it's a state of denial. And we want to try to stay away from that as much as possible. But uh, we, we, we need when we need help, we have to seek help and we have to understand that we need that. Yeah. And I think once that important first step, once you recognize that there is something going on, you can begin to move forward. And that is probably one of the biggest steps uh, outside of the solutions within that help that you can take. Absolutely. You know. Mark, why are so many veterans homeless and or alcoholic or substance addicted? Well, uh, just a a moment ago, uh, James talked about denial, and that's really the start of it. And that comes from the stigma. So the more we have these conversations in a matter-of-fact way, the less the stigma is. The the less the stigma, um, the the less likely it is for people to be in denial because it's easier for them to talk about it. But when they can't talk about it, when they stay because of the stigma, uh, they don't reach out for help, and then the death spiral happens. So part of having a post-traumatic stress injury, the all the different ways that it affects you deeply uh, affects your ability to hold a job. You know, not always. There are high performers. There are. Uh, high-achieving people that are business owners and and whatnot that are doing well, but really they're they're only doing well on the outside, not on the inside. But uh, when the symptoms get the better uh, of you, that's uh, almost every addiction, whether it's drinking, drugs, whatever it is, almost every addiction um, that's out there is a direct result of trauma. And the addiction is just how they're coping. Uh, the you know the, the alcohol or crack cocaine or whatever it is makes perfect sense because it's the only thing that uh, helps them in that moment. But of course, none of those are healthy, and so it, it, it destroys their life. And that downhill spiral goes all the way to homelessness and suicide. I'm glad you mentioned that because that leads into my question, Mark, producer Noah. Again, how important? Uh, in the process of someone trying to get through PTS is complete sobriety. Very important. Um, I've been, I got a sober counter clock on my uh, phone. I downloaded the app. I've been sober for about 14 months now. And it's just an extra giant brick in the rucksack 
a, a load that you don't need to carry. So that's that's an easy way to, to get rid of the load. Uh, like if you're already having challenges with impulse control uh, and, and whatnot, being in a bar or or closet drinking, none of that's going to help you. And uh, the, every time I see a, a liquor commercial, I'm like, I want that whiskey. I want that scotch. And because I want it, I, that's why I'm staying sober, because I know I want it bad. So I stay sober. Um, the, when, we're, when we're drinking, if we're drinking to cope, that, uh, that is a death spiral. That is a negative feedback loop that will not serve you in, in the long run and probably not even in the short run. So it's, uh, it just causes more problems that cause more trauma that cause more problems, and it creates that, that loop. Mark, why is it so difficult for some military members to transition to civilian life, and what can our government officials do to make this transition to civilian life easier? Well, it's gotten a lot better since uh, I got out in 1995. Then there was absolutely nothing. It's like, there's the door, see you later. And now I know um, in many of the American units as well as uh, in the Canadian military in general, they're at least trying now. They're at least recognizing that transition is tough. And one of the reasons it's tough, regardless if you're land, air, or sea, um, or Marine Corps for you guys, um, is just the training all by itself. Just that uh, everything is in a box. The, the the rules are super clear. You know what to do, what not to do. Just being regimented like that is difficult for transition because uh, a lot of people find themselves being very judgmental of civilians when they don't meet the standard that that that, uh, that they're used to. Um, and then for the combat trades, I mean, we were trained to kill. If you have a problem, kill it. If you have a problem, kill it. And that is not conducive for life at all. So uh, knowing a place to put that and, and how to uh, uh, turn that off or compartmentalize those, um, that, that way of thinking is something that has to be talked about. And, and these things have to be broken down for the, for the awareness of people so that they realize, here's what you're going to be facing. You know, uh, here, here's a lot of things that, uh, that we hear, and here are the tools to, to deal with it. So um, having a transition period, uh, it's called the JPSU up in Canada. Um, it's like six months or a year before your release date. They go through a transition period where they stop wearing the uniform, they let their hair grow if they want, and it, it just makes it less of a shock to the system when they enter civilian life. So awareness is, is step one, and, and, and just make it, awareness and education. And then once you're out of the military, follow-up, and uh, professional help if, if needed. Wow. And, Mark, I watch your podcast all the time. Now, you have some absolutely fantastic guests, and you're doing so many wonderful things. Uh, can you tell our listening audience uh, some of the things that you're working on uh, right now, you know, uh, working on this year and transitioning into 2022? Well, I've been working in conjunction with um, an outfit called RD Psychotherapy out of Ontario. I mean, they service the, the whole country uh, remotely, but um, they, they are working with me on a couple of tools. There's um, uh, a journaling tool that we're building together that I've given the framework for, and I'm building a coaching program. The coaching program is called Three Small Steps, which is a bit of a misnomer because they're actually giant leaps. And those three uh, small steps are first, understanding who you truly are, not what your ego is, but who you are, separate from your ego, uh, who you are as a being. And it might sound a bit woo-woo, but it's important because one of the challenges of transition that we were just talking about is that idea of I am a soldier and I am this role. Well, now you're not. <laughs> your uniform's gone, your rifle's gone, your your tank, your aircraft, they're gone. So you're not a soldier or an airman or, or a sailor anymore. You're, you're not a Marine anymore. You're something else. And uh, that will always be a part of you, of your character, but it's not who you are. So really d- d- digging into that first piece of who you actually are, which is not your role. It is not your ego. The second pers- uh, part of the... Um, uh, program is super tough. It's loving yourself. 
And again, it might sound woo-woo, but oh my gosh, it has got to be the, one of the big, biggest barriers, the toughest things to do. And without that, uh, you're going to have a lot of problems. Wow, you absolutely right, man. And uh, well, uh, what is that third one, real quickly? Because we're running out of time, you know. And uh, they need to know. They need to know that third one. After you know who you are truly, after you've learned to love that person, it's acting accordingly and treating yourself as if, like you would treat somebody that you love and care about and respect. Wow, hey Mark, man, you are absolutely fantastic guy, and uh, I'm, I'm just so happy to call you friend. If the people want to get in touch with you and, and learn a little bit more about what you're doing and, and some of the things that uh, uh, that you teach. How can they get in touch with you? There's a couple of different ways uh, through my website, which is operationtraumarecovery.org, operationtraumarecovery.org, or uh, you can find Operation Tango Romeo, which stands for Trauma Recovery. So Operation Tango Romeo on your favorite podcast platform whether it be Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the primary upload point, which is Anchor.fm. You know, um, it's uh, been an absolutely fantastic uh, show with you, as always, man. I mean, every time me and you get together, it's always fantastic. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, especially at a such short notice, uh, to uh, come in and deliver this much-needed information. So, uh Mark, you know I'm going to invite you back. I'm always going to do that. You know, so uh, thank you so much for taking the time of uh, being on the show today. I'd like to thank uh, my great uh, co-host, Michelle Cooley, for always being here, even though she's not feeling that well today, uh, but she's here. I'd like to thank my great, great producer, Noah Dingley. But most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking the time to tune in and listen to some of these great discussions, our great guests uh, just like uh, Mark Mikey uh, that we have tonight. We are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring these great messages to you. So uh, think about that one. And also, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Coley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.